It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. Johnson, who is Pastor Carey's prayer partner and has been that for well over 30 years. Pastor Johnson is a husband, he's a father, he's a pastor, he's anointed and appointed to preach the gospel. Amen? Can you all do me a, a quick favor and point your hands toward Pastor Johnson and say, Pastor Johnson? Preach the word. Pastor Johnson, preach the word. Pastor Johnson, preach the word. The next voice you will hear after this selection will be that of, of Pastor Johnson. Holy Father, we thank you so much. For drawing us near to you we pray father that this worship has been a sweet savor in your nostrils we thank you God for the sacrifice of praise and we pray God that in this service everything would continue to lift your name and to glorify you that's why we came out this morning, God, to bless your holy name. And so, God, we pray that you would continue to move by your spirit. Holy Spirit, have your way. We are aware of where we are, but we also are aware of whose we are. And so, God, be praised in the name that is above every name. That in the name, every knee should bow in heaven and in earth and under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Citadel of Faith Covenant Church. Praise the Lord. I am so glad to be here. I thank the Lord for your pastor, Pastor Harvey Carey. Thank God for his wife. Thank God for the leadership of this church. I thank God for all of you all. I thank God for everybody. 
this church and every other church that pray for me and my wife as we had to endure something extremely difficult. However, as you can see, for those of you who know, we are still standing. Praise God. And we're not only still standing, we are thriving and bless God's name. Citadel, 20 years of being a church. That's why I'm here today. I'm here to celebrate with you all 20 years of being a church. I don't know how that sounds to you, but it sounds wonderful to me. It is difficult to do God's work. And it's difficult to do God's work in an environment where the devil is mighty and the devil is strong. I just want to say this a little bit, then I'm going to get into the message, then we're going to keep on, then we'll be done for today. You know, Pastor Kerry, when he first told me that he was called to come to Detroit and to start a church in Detroit, I, like I said, we, we're pastor, I mean, we're uh, prayer partners and been prayer partners and I mean, we pray a lot together, and, we, and we, we, when he was in Chicago, we prayed a lot together. And so I was thinking, not that phones don't work, but I was just so used to praying with him. And I realized that I could not be selfish because God had and has a work for him to do away from me, and me away from him. And so I'm delighted to be able to stand here 20 years later in a place that God called him to, if I'm not mistaken, in 1987. That's when God first told him that he was going to be starting a church in Detroit. And so you all, as well as many others, have been the beneficiaries of having such a great pastor and unbelievable preacher. But God knows what every region needs, and God loves his people. And he is here, Pastor Kerry is here, as you know, to serve you all, to lead you all, and to help grow God's kingdom. And I just want to salute you all today. Is it okay if I... I know that the work is not finished. However, I'm not sure, despite all the difficulties that we may face, that we take enough time to stop and celebrate. If we wait for there to be no trouble before we celebrate, we will never ever celebrate. And so it is important to you all, as some people like to be celebrated for their birthdays, God gives milestones for a reason. And everybody doesn't get to reach the same milestones. And so, I, I, like I said, I salute you all. I praise God for you all. Celebrate this year. Yeah, yeah. I think something's wrong with my mic. Oh, I was just checking. Oh, Adam, Adam this is my, I, I see it. I see it, Adam. Maybe it wasn't the mic. Maybe it was some ears. But I, I'm not sure. Come on, sir. 
because we speak about praising and the only time to praise is not when because when we're at home or somewhere else guess what they are too yes sir yes sir and so the Lord wants us to bless him for the things that he is doing let us pray one more time Holy Father, we do thank you so much for life. And Lord God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather in your name one more time. Pray, Father God, that these next few moments that you would speak to your people, that you would encourage your people, that you would draw your people closer. And Father, if there are those amongst us and those who are part of the E-Church that do not know you, Father, would you please save their souls? Would you please draw them near? Would you please let them go? Would you allow them to surrender to you? And for all the rest of us, God, please help us, draw us closer, challenge us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, got several passages this morning that I'd like to read from and talk from today. The first passage is from Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. Try to read this real quick. And, and then I'll come back and explain Genesis to the praise team and to the musicians. Thank you all so much. You, to the worshipers, thank you all so much for worshiping an unbelievable God. Genesis chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land I will show thee and I will make thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing I'm King James Version I guess you all can tell by now and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed so Abram departed. I just want to stop right there in that verse. Genesis chapter 3. Genesis, I mean not Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. I just want to read the fifth verse. Exodus chapter 3. I just want to read the fifth verse for the sake of time. And he said, draw nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. Stop right there. 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. Oh, oh I know Pastor Kerry been teaching about the Bible and about the importance of the Bible. And... Uh, we need to spend time in the Bible. In the house and out of the house. I'm just going to read. I have several verses. But I'm, I'm going to read verse 7. 1 Samuel 16. Verse 7. Verse 11. And verse 12. Verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel. Look not on, on his countenance. Or the height of his stature. Because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, 
But the Lord looketh on the heart. Verse 11. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet one. Yet the youngest, I'm sorry. And behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. Verse 12. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of, with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look, to look at. The Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. What I want to talk about just for a few minutes, I'm going to walk through these texts and put them together, is do you hear me calling? Do you hear me calling? When when the praise team was singing a song, that God is running after us, or we're running after him. Which one is it? We're running after him. He's running after us. Thank you. He's running after us. That God was running after us. In my soul, it just really stirred me. To think that God, who can do anything at any point in time, wants to run after me. is actually beyond humbling that he would want to run after me so if in fact he runs after us and he's merciful and gracious to us the question or the topic or the the message title is do you hear me calling in the first text I have uh, three points that I want to bring out today In, in the Genesis passage, I want to talk about for a few minutes, a call from the familiar, a call from the familiar. In the Exodus passage, I want to call, speak about for a moment, a call from fear. And from the First Samuel chapter 16 passage, I want to talk about for a minute, a call from the forgotten place or a call from the forgotten place. In our text in Genesis chapter 12, we see that God had called or had spoken to Abram. And when God spoke to Abram, God said to Abram, Abram, it is time for you to leave where you've been. Let me ask you a question. How would you feel If while you're sitting here at Citadel, worshiping and glorifying God, if God spoke to you in the seat that you're in or where you're standing, and he said to you, my son, my daughter, I want you, not I'm asking you, I'm telling you, that it is time for you to leave everybody except a few and everything 
that you're familiar with. You know, sometimes when we read the scriptures, we are so familiar with the, with the, the, the stories and, and the text that we, we read them, but do we read them with all of the emotion that the people experienced in real time? We, 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 we can know the stories, and sometimes we know the stories so well that they don't impact us anymore. Do you hear me? Calling. I said it a few minutes ago, but, but, but Pastor Carey got called, I believe he told me, in 1987. He made it here in 2003. I'm not going to get ahead of myself. But to be called from the familiar is a big deal. Do you know how uncomfortable, if, if we had time, I would say, no, y'all wouldn't do it. All right, I'm going to leave that alone. So Abraham, because of his relationship with God and because of his faith in God, quick question. How's your faith? Rhetorical, please don't answer. What do you mean, how's my faith? Okay. I'm glad you retorted back to me. How much do you trust the voice of God? Rhetorical, please don't answer. Because when God said that to Abram, nobody else knew that but Abram. And so can you imagine Abram? Somebody raised a wife. I need a wife, somebody who's a wife right now to, to raise their hand. Any, are there any wives in here? Okay. Okay. Y'all was really slow. They so slow. <laughs> I'm about to go all the way over there. Your husband comes home today. Says, baby. Your husband comes to you today and, and, and says, I know you would like to go somewhere where it's nice and warm and balmy, but um, God said that we are to go to Anchorage, Alaska. I heard what Lexi said. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, many of us would feel the exact same way. Because God calls us, how is God going to use us if we are functioning in what's familiar? Because when we function in the familiar, we do the familiar thing. God says, God says stop, we go. God says go, we stop. But when he takes us away from the familiar, Anchorage, Alaska, there becomes a totally different dependence on God when he removes us from the familiar. And so if, if you're experiencing some of this right now where you hear God talking to you and you hear him speaking to you about something that's uncomfortable or unfamiliar, 
Oh, please don't think that it's the devil. <laughs> Not that the devil can't speak, because he can. However, you all, the more time that we spend with God, the more time we spend in his word, the more time that we spend congregating and engaging with his people, it becomes clearer. I do know that I think it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14. It says that, the, the, that Satan comes as an angel of light. So he does come as an angel of light sometimes but there are many more times when God is speaking directly to us do you hear me calling as I was studying and hearing it is such a blessing you all for people to get saved because that is not simply about this life it is the life to come and you all have a pastor who is a soul winner He's a soul winner. Come here for one second, Vinny. Please. Wrap your arms around, stand behind me. Wrap your arms around me. No, no, up around, up higher. Yeah, tight, go ahead. You can. Now, listen. A little tighter. I didn't say so, I can't breathe. <laughs> All right, a little tighter. This is Pastor Kerry when he can't soul win. Because he's called to soul win. Come on, church, let's go. Let's go. Well, Pastor, keep, keep holding me. But come on, we, we got soul win. I'm, I'm walking to the left. So let's, not, let's not make this that hard. I'm walking. I'm, I want to, I'm soul win. Tighten up, tighten up. There you go. I'm, I want to soul. Come on, we need to, come on, we need to get out. We need to get out there and win some souls. I hear God calling me to win souls. That is why God sent me to Detroit, Michigan. Everywhere he has sent me since I've been saved, I've been winning souls because I'm called to win souls. And when I can't win souls, you wonder sometimes where I'm at. Where I'm at is bound up because I can't get a loose from this stuff. And, and, and I, I can't, I, I'm going to win the souls. Thank you. But listen, that's not just for him. Whatever your calling is, please keep listening. In E-Church, for those that are watching, whatever your calling is, what you just saw, you wonder sometimes why you are struggling with this invisible force that has a tight grip on you. Because our callings are to other people. Would you come in for one second? That's good. Put your hand up. Hmm. It's different when we lock hands, right hand to right hand. And so with some situations concerning our calling, this is how we're to connect. In other situations, we are to connect this way. But the bottom line don't change. We're supposed to be connecting. Our callings are connected. And there are people that are not here. There are people that have not been to the church because we haven't invited them. Boy, God. People have gotten blinded. 
by the term mega church. Mega, mega, mega. I don't know where it came from, and I don't want nobody to tell me because I don't really care. One thing that I do care about is that a lot of people get saved and that a lot of people have an opportunity to be discipled. Why? So they can know their calling. Because when we know our calling, there are people in other places that have their call is for you. And yours is for other people, other places. And some of the callings for people in the house. But it's so hard to leave from the familiar. Abram left from the familiar and his life changed just like God told him it was going to change. That every family would come forth from him because he left. He obeyed God. So let me ask this question, then I'm going to speed up there and get the other parts. I see that clock, but I'm blinking at that clock. I'm sorry, Pastor, Pastor, I know, I know, I know. When we're out of place, because we may not know our calling. And for those who don't know your calling, calling meaning what God wants you to do. There are many people that say, I don't know what God wants me to do. And sometimes they're already doing what God wants them to do. But because they say, well, you know, I don't know if that's a call or not. Well, just keep doing what you're doing. Because most of the time it is a call from God to do what you've been doing. <clears throat> Know that the familiar oftentimes keeps us in bondage. And hear me? And, and oftentimes we become so familiar with, with, with situations and sometimes with God that we don't reverence God like God wants to be reverenced. How can he say that to us? We in church, we in the, at least we in the building. God is not interested in clock punching. In our text, in Exodus, we have, we're introduced to Moses after Moses fled from Egypt. Moses fled from Egypt because he killed an Egyptian. I, I don't have time to tell the story like I really would like to tell the story. However, Moses was called from fear. Wow. Let me talk about this for a second. Wow. If I ask the question, to the men in the house. How many of y'all afraid of anything? Most of the men in this house would be like. <laughs> and afraid of nothing. Which is fine, you say that. Wasn't Moses a man? Oh, okay, I was just checking. Moses was afraid of several things, but one of the things he was afraid of before this part of the text in, 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 uh, in Egypt was that he had committed a sin and it became public. <laughs> wow. 
Let me ask you a quick question. How would you feel if all of you, no, not all, just one. Just, 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 just one of your sins or one of my sins became public, public. Oh, I'm just talking about walking through the Bible with some real emotion and some real empathy and some real sympathy and some real understanding because you know, sometimes we look at the characters, the people in the Bible, first of all, we call them characters. I don't know why we call them characters. They're, they're, they're real people with, with, with real situations and real lives and real families and real struggles. And, and, and so Moses, his sin was found out in yeah, let me say this real quick. Be careful how you deal with people who publicly sin. What you mean? Watch your mouth, mouth, and watch your heart. Why are you saying that? Because if you think that that couldn't be you, or if I think that couldn't be me, we're sadly mistaken. So Moses was afraid. He was afraid when he left Egypt. He was hoping to, to kind of be on exile. Nobody really knew him. He helped out the daughters, and he's helping now. He's, now he's tending the sheep. Know this, that despite what you do, your call will always find you. You may run from it. You may try to hide from it. You may try to stop your ears from it. But know this, you may be afraid. But know this, God will not allow you to not walk in your call or for your call to catch up with you. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it, it will catch up with you. See, Moses went all the way. He went all the way over here, right? They, they trained up in Egypt. He was a sharp guy, worshiping all these other gods and all this other stuff. That's okay. And, 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 and so now, okay, I'm going to go over here to Midian, and I'm, and I'm cool. I'm in Midian. I'm going to just chill in Midian, take care of some sheep, not bother nobody, and do none of that stuff. And God came to where he was. So you, you, you know, when you get a chance, look at Psalm 139. You will see that it talks about if you make your bed in, in, in hell, <laughs> behold, he's there. He, he, he's everywhere. And, and so sometimes we, we try to hide him. We try to get away. But the bottom line is there is no getaway from God. And we ought to be able to encourage people that there is no getaway from God. I don't care what somebody is bound in. There still is no getaway from God. Ask Moses. He was calling. God was calling Moses from the place of fear and bondage so that he can help some other people get out of bondage. Can I ask a question just real quick? I, I know, I know, I know. Can, can I ask a question real Anybody here ever been in bondage? Don't answer that question because your neighbor can't handle your answer. I'm just saying. But if anybody in this room has ever been into bondage, not into bondage, but in bondage by anything, and, and if you've been in bondage in, in anything, then, then you know what it feels like to want, want to get out but can't get out. I know what kind of church city deal is. I know. I know y'all passed a little, little bit. I know him a little bit. He, 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 he's pastor. I'm gonna tell him what you said to me. He said, "Look, he said that walking. I don't know if they, that's going." And I remember when my pastor, James Trent Meeks, said that to me, and I'm like, you know, I, I don't walk because I, I can't, I can't stand, I can't, I, I can't. It's fire in me. How do you tell fire to be still? Stay right there. Don't you burn. Don't, uh, uh, uh. don't get to that next leaf. Ain't going to happen. Sorry, pastor. 
Sorry. So Moses is having this encounter with God, and, and, and I love come as you are. However, I heard it said, I said it years ago, we have to be careful. We, 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 we have to be careful. Why are you saying that? My clothes don't matter. Would you go to a, a, a formal dinner party? No offense to anybody. And I'm not talking about nobody's clothes, but I'm just asking a question. Um, would, you, would you go to the White House, a ball at the White House, dressed down? <laughs> I mean, it's a formal ball. I'm just, I'm just asking a question. It's never this quiet in here. But it's good. God told Moses in verse 5 of Genesis chapter 3. Hey, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm not the priest in Midian. I'm not a sheep. I'm not your wife. I'm not your sister-in-laws. When you come before me, get your shoes off your feet. Because this is holy ground. Let me ask a quick question, you all. Where's the holy ground in the church of God? Or have we become so familiar with it that it's just the building with it? When we don't see one aspect of the things of God the right way, it begins to affect other things, other aspects of the things of God. And we begin to not see things as being important or, you know, it don't really matter that much. I'm telling you, God is telling you, things matter to God. Maybe we should have a t-shirt that says that. It's, it's, it's so many other matters, but things really do matter to God. Well, he don't really matter. Yes, he does. He told Mo what the and Moses was outside. God, I got my shoes on. I'm outside. Anywhere that God is, is holy ground. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, it deals with the call. Saul, the previous king, when well, he was currently still king, had disobeyed God. And when he disobeyed God, God said, that's it. You have been removed from your position. So God himself started to look for a new king. And he told the prophet Samuel, go to a specific place to Jesse's house. And I want you to anoint the next king. Samuel did like a lot of us do when God tells us to do something. We become afraid. Samuel said to God, well, you know, I can't do this because the king is going to get me. He's talking to God. But God didn't strike him down. God just listened to him and said, okay, well, then just say you're going to worship. Still true. He went to the house and had all these big old fine sons, big old strong sons, big old good looking sons. 
Surely this is the king. Surely that is the king. Surely this is the king. He said, bring your sons. He brought all his sons. After the prophet was, old, was not able to anoint the next king, he asked him a question. He said, do you have any more sons? Do you have any more children? He said, yeah, I got, I got one. He's down, you know, he's down the street, you know, with the sheep. Well, please bring him in. Let me say this real quick, too. I would have jumped, but I broke my toe. I broke my toe back a while ago, so I'm not going to do that. So, even though Jesse knew that David was his son, and the question was, bring all your sons in, David was the forgotten one. He was forgotten, he was young, and sometimes you all, just because people don't choose you in the earth to participate in certain things, it is important for you to know that God has not forgotten you. Wait, 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 because somebody got something that you didn't get don't have nothing to do with you I was talking to a group and I, and I said listen what if somebody came in here and gave this person a thousand dollars this person five thousand dollars this person ten thousand dollars this person fifteen thousand dollars so the person who with one thousand dollars they said well I would wonder why didn't I get the fifteen thousand dollars I said to her I said what what are you kidding me? No, I, I, I just, you know, it's not, it's not wrong. Nothing wrong to wonder. We had a long conversation about envy <laughs> that day. Sometimes we want what somebody else has that has nothing to do with us. But let me ask you this. So do you want their troubles? Do you want their trials? Do you want the things that they have that cause incredible pain? And suffering do you I'm asking because if you want the whole thing okay that's one thing but if you only want those things that we consider blessings then that's a whole nother thing David was forgotten like he was completely insignificant let me tell you something child of God if you see other people moving on and just continue to do your part God knows where you are Oh, his brothers were big and proud and strong and good looking and surely I'm the next king. As soon as David walked in the room, the spirit of the Lord said, anoint him. Although he was called, he was called from a forgotten place. Whatever you're going through, I don't know what you're going through. God Almighty has a son named Jesus, the Christ, the Lord, and the Holy Ghost has not forgotten about you. Please don't let the devil make you feel or influence you to think that he has forgotten about you. How is he going to forget about you? And he's, he knows where everything and everybody and that he has made is right now. He knows where every ant is. And so, so the scripture says that he knows every hair of our head. So then people say, oh, he bald here. I got hair follicles. <laughs> Which 
means hair grows from the follicles so consequently he knows how many hairs I have though I cut them the follicles do allow the hair to come out okay he calling from a forgotten place I want to assure somebody Citadel from Citadel that God has not forgotten God has not forgotten about Citadel God it was it was God's this church was God's ideal it wasn't Pastor Kerry's ideal some people start churches and some people are called to start churches let me just say this and then I'm, I'm trying to finish I'm, I'm, I'll be finished in, in a moment I know y'all like some of y'all being very polite and I appreciate y'all politeness thank you appreciate it the clock been off a long time Citadel fortress of faith I just want to encourage this church the members of this church the members of the body to come back to your faith allow the Holy Spirit to stir his faith in you again so that you can believe how you used to believe and you can walk how you used to walk. And you can talk and care. You, 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 you do know when people get hurt in church by, by other brothers and sisters, sometimes they leave the church and sometimes they want to leave the family. All of us come from a family and sometimes we don't always get along with all of our family members. But we don't look to be exiled from our family. David was called from a forgotten place or what may be thought of as an insignificant place. There is no insignificant place in God, in the world. Last thing I just want to say. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22, we see Jesus calling what we now know are the disciples. They were just men who were going about their normal daily routines. And Jesus walks up to them and says, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Excuse me, sir. Follow me. Follow me. Yeah. Busy? Follow me. And so he called these 12 men, including Judas, and they followed him. And he taught them. And who would have known that these same people who he called from where they were would turn out to form the church in the Acts of the Apostles. Citadel, 
if you're not walking, seeking, drawing nigh, near to your calling, I pray that you would because somebody needs you. Oh, it's too many people. No, no, no. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Your calling is calling you. I want to go back to Moses for one second. Moses was called to be the deliverer of Israel after more than 400 years of slavery. But there were people who were praying in every generation that God would send a deliverer. And so there are people, you all, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Sometimes it's hard to believe. But there are people that are praying that you and I would step forward and say, yes, God, I hear you calling me. And yes, I'm going to do it. I want to say this. When you're called to something by God, it's never beautiful and fun. It requires but despite how much it might cost you and I are still called so this is it my question to the citadel of faith citadel of faith I'm about to say Baptist church covenant church do you hear me calling let the church say amen. amen let's pray father we thank you so much for knowing exactly where we are and loving us the way that you do God and calling us Lord, you know that so many of us feel so unworthy that you couldn't possibly want us to do what you said that you want us to do. But Father, we thank you that you know what you said and you know what you said it, who you said it to. If you're here today, and for those of you who are online, it is important to know that the greatest and first calling is a call to God. It is a call to the relationship, with, to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and so if you're here today or if you're watching online, it is important, that is, the, that is the greatest call. Because that call, without that call, the call to Christ, none of the other calls really matter. And they're really not applicable to those who are not called into Christ. And so if you're here, every head is bowed, every eye closed, please, for just a moment. If you're here in this room or if you're watching online and you feel or hear Jesus speaking to you about, you know, I want to be in relationship with him. I need to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. If that is you and if you're here today, the way that you can enter into this relationship, which is the greatest relationship in the world and in the world to come. 
is to invite him into your heart. It's an easy way to invite him. It's simply to ask him to come into our hearts. So if this is you and you feel a longing or you hear his voice, you hear him calling you, would you ask him to come into your heart? One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer, and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us, and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT, or please visit us on our website, Citadel of Faith. Dot org. That's simply spelled C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith dot org. All one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together one person at a time.